This is Beat'em Down from Cult 45, the movie podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. All right, we ready? Personally. Sure. You seem so happy tonight, John. I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in two weeks. I'm just like, blah. Why? Anxiety? Work? That's beside the point. Let's get to the point where we argue. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotion. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm know sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Royale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you of a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> But Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. <laughs> uh, how do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You are listening to the greatest podcast on the Internet. That is right. This is Superhero Speak, and I'm your host, Dave. And John, and I must be on the wrong podcast. <laughs> and I'm JD. Did, did this become Joe Rogan and no one told me? Hey, hey you got to sell yourself. It's the, it's the number one rule. Always be selling. Come on. We, we've talked about this before. That's true. Since when did Joe Rogan become the best podcast? He's I like, say he's best, sick. but he's like the number one He's podcast. the number one podcast, yes. Okay, because he said some controversial things. And we're oh, coming for you, lots. Joe. We're coming for you, you pot yeah, smoking sure hippie. Are. All right. We're uh, coming for you to put us on our podcast and gain more followers. Exactly. How is everyone doing? John, how La. is the hell, happy little elf known as John? <laughs> happy little elf please i i i mean this is this is this this 2020 can go die in a dumpster fire 2020 is a dumpster if, fire if the year dies we all die with it so it has to stay alive not if we make to 2021 then it can die like the, the the prevailing the prevailing meme i'm seeing on my feed now on facebook is basically at at midnight on 2020, when the clock hits the first second of 2021, everybody in the world should take a shot and just forget that it ever happened. It's just, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about one of the things, um, you know, about, uh, you know, Chadwick. But um, but uh, otherwise, you know, it's just eh, eh. Uh, smile, John. It can only get worse. I mean, it can it, only no, get it, better. It can't get worse. I was made to read this thing. That we're going to review tonight, and I'm very unhappy about it. I'm more ha- unhappy than I thought I would be. Oh, jeez. Um, you're going to probably be unhappy for the wrong reasons, too. All right, JD, how are you, my friend? I'm not as bad as John. Um, I'm all right. <laughs> uh, currently, we are 400% funded on the Harvest Moon Special Edition Kickstarter. 17 Sweet. days to go, so a little over two weeks. We are officially in what's called the dead zone, where things just kind of move very, very slow. 
But it's going pretty good. I mean, like, I can't complain. I'm 400% funded. So Well, that's, that's when you're supposed to get really obnoxious and start, like, calling friends and family and tell them to call their friends and family. Well, that's actually not what you do. What I did was I, uh, I'm working <laughs> with a uh, promotion company. So we'll see if that has any. It didn't cost me a lot of money. So we'll see if that if that helps or not. So I don't know. Going, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Cool. Two weeks to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Keanu Reeves, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, Can I hear about that one? What was that? Did you guys hear what? about that today? Keanu Reeves launched a Kickstarter today with Boom Comics. Oh, I know. And I know that he had. Uh, to do what? He wrote a comic. Yeah, and, him and uh, Matt Kent from Mind Management. They wrote a. They have like three volume graphic novel series coming out through Boom, and Boom actually put it on Kickstarter today to fund it. It's got a little controversial in the comic community, but as of recording, it they launched this morning, mind you, and it's at two hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! With, with a fifty thousand dollar ask. This doesn't bother me, like because I, I view Kickstarter as a sales channel more than like a GoFundMe thing. So I mean, like, I, it doesn't it doesn't bug me that they're producing a, that they're creating a product that the market clearly and I don't, wants. I don't blame Boom for doing that because me neither. It's like it's Keanu Reeves. Yes, people like him in his <clears throat> and movies, they're going to donate. Yeah. But no, but it's also but are people actually interested in buying this comic? So the answer is yes. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Well, and well because too, again, it's Keanu Reeves. Well, yeah, it is because it's Keanu Reeves. That's why you, that's why people hook onto these mainstream celebs. But I mean, this is the thing that people don't realize. Most, even small press public, small. It's hard to call Boom small press, but Boom's a smaller publisher. They don't pay more often than not for creator-owned projects. Like if you have a, this is this is a dirty secret in comics writing. If you bring a creator-owned project to the vast majority of publishers, you're on the hook to pay for its production. Yep. And I don't know if people realize that. Like, there's a lot of people that are upset about this. I mean, granted, Keanu could have paid for it on his own. But that's, I mean, like, why would you if you don't have and to? They've proven they don't have to. It's also, there's um, talk about, I can't even remember what the name of the book is. but Berserker. Berserker, that's right. But when you look at the art, obviously the main character is made to look like Keanu Reeves. Correct. Which is, he has actually admitted that this is kind of like, a storyboarding idea to maybe launch into something else. Oh, it's an IP farm for sure. Exactly. So he's also trying to show Hollywood like, Hey, look, there's viability here in this idea. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Like this is how business is, is kind of done in comics nowadays. I mean, like this is, this is what I was talking about, not having to rely on comic shops and pre-orders and whatnot. Like they've proven that they have a product that there is interest in. Like I said, it's it's killing right now. Two hundred grand in one day—that's unreal. So good on them. I mean, like it's gonna it's gonna fund the artists to work. It's like a year. They're they're saying the delivery is gonna be as long as they hit their delivery, man. They've given the artists some money to work with. Again, these are this isn't profit. Like they're gonna have to produce the product, and it's they're gonna have to produce a lot of the product. Like they're doing hardcovers and like this mm-hmm. stuff is expensive. So, like I said, it's they're selling. I'm I'm good with it. Cool. Yeah. If only if we were Keanu and Joe Rogan, we'd be we'd have it set. Uh, a lot of money. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, well, I have nothing special to report this week. Uh, same same boring me, same boring week. Um, I actually wanted to to obviously people are going to notice this is going out a day late. Um, you know, so just let, just to let people know, like sometimes you're not feeling well. We didn't record on our normal day. We're recording a day late. Which means I'll be editing it a day late. Which means it'll be going out a day late. So the fact that we never take a week off is basically like, I mean, what we one week off maybe this year, a year. So 
Two. Um, I don't, take I don't, two weeks. Two? Doesn't feel like it. Oh, well. <laughs> two weeks for the holidays, yes. You know. Oh, I, I wish we would take out more. But. <laughs> so, I'll never take a week off. <laughs> so, Wizard, uh, so Wizard uh, just celebrated six years, and they literally don't take any weeks off. They've never had a week off So in six that's years. Crazy. That's crazy. Yes. Of course, they pre-record stuff before vacations and holidays and whatnot, but still. Normally, we do that with interviews, but this year. Oh, God. Don't get me started. <sighs> yeah. So, speaking of uh, of things, don't get me started. Uh, we got a little social media madness. Um, Sorry. And by little, you mean just as much as normal. Just Starting with our own JD tweeted out uh, a cool mashup, Justice League 1990s retro video. Um, this... Which he said, this still looks better than the Snyder Cut. I stand by that. Uh, and of course, you tagged uh, a friend of yours in it. And yeah. uh, who, who, he didn't reply at all. He did not reply. He gave it a like. I don't know. I thought he would enjoy it. Um, the creator actually got yes. back to me on it, though, which was pretty cool. Like, um, I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can. A list. So it's yeah. At A list K. I want to see if his name is actually attached to the. I know uh, it's at a i l s t i k, but it's a list on yeah a list on Twitter and uh, yeah he oh. creates a bunch of videos like this I believe. Retired pro wrestler. So um, uh. as a as I didn't know this this is brand new um for me so I mean like yeah this guy's got this dude's got some talent man like I hope uh, I'm not sure what he's doing because he's a. Uh, some does some video editing but I mean he's really good so I mean I hope he gets I hope he gets a lot of work. Like he's stupid talented, good on him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And def- definitely still better than the Snyder Cut. Yes. He said, "Glad yes. you enjoyed it, my friend." Uh, which you said is that your work? He said, "You said great job." And he said, "Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks." So, uh, yeah. Hmm. No, it's just and and I just wanted to make sure we gave him a shout out. Um, I like yeah, I'm videos. I'm surprised like he found me. Like, cause I didn't tweet, I didn't retweet it from anything. Like, I I got it off the website actually. So I don't even know how he found I, it. Pretty cool. Did, did he he didn't put uh, see, I, I'm surprised that he didn't put um, I mean back then DC didn't own them but Shazam and Isis were a thing too yeah but those look terrible <laughs> so yeah, I don't know the Shazam one wasn't too bad uh, I think it works he kept the big three plus yeah. five yeah because it was there like I'm good I like it it was entertaining it was well edited like I like the uh, the pseudo VHS look to it yeah <laughs> I, I Which, appreciate it I appreciate good art. That that also helps uh, with some attention to detail, some editing issues. It h- hides things. It's like you know molding. Yeah, pretty much. Or like a coat of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Justice League and, and the Snyder Cut, uh, we had uh, of course we had talked about our first look at the Justice League Snyder Cut last week, and JVD of the villain de- demand of the villain demand. demand. So I've guessed it on their podcast. Good dude. Yes. Uh, his question was, I'm curious to how many times Steppenwolf will be reskinned as Darkseed. That's actually an excellent question. Like, that is a good question. Like, what do you think? Are they going to do that? Like, make scenes that were Steppenwolf make it Darkseid now so it makes more sense? Depends on how much the Whedon cut they actually use, to be honest with you. They're going to use some of it. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to use any of it. No, that's bullshit. They're going to have to use some of it just to make it make sense. I imagine hmm. some... You know? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any scenes where it would make sense. Um, you know, especially when he's calling the box's mother. Uh, 
Oh, Jesus. Which I still think was weird. So There's a joke in there that I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Step away. So we had also talked about, of course, our first <laughs> quote-unquote look at uh, Black Adam. And this this response just made me go, okay, do you, do you just follow us on, uh, on Twitter? Do you listen to the show? Uh, PBZ said, the character looks interesting. Um, so I, yeah. I always take stuff like that. Oh, okay, this person doesn't read comics, or at least doesn't read uh, Shazam comics, you know. But uh, he's been around for a while, hasn't he? Black Adam? Yeah, he's been around as long as Shazam. Uh, just about since the forties. Yeah, you know, back in main, he's been back in mainstream DC continuity since like oh two. Yeah, know? clearly a person who doesn't read a lot of comics, which is no. Cool. I mean, but it also it also brings to mind like the like we had talked about this when they introduced uh, Batwoman on the CW, where there were people who didn't read the comics who were like, oh, I can't believe they made Batman a woman. You know, well, they're just dumb. Like there's that's there's one thing I think I think it's interesting not knowing who Black Adam is, which is fair. He's a bit of a deep cut character, and thinking that they turned Black Batman into a woman through some social justice. Well, you, you know, know, you've seen the. Have you seen that? Now they're saying that about She-Hulk. No. Oh, jeez. I actually had somebody come up to me about Batwoman saying, "Why they, you know, why they have to do the PC thing and make her a lesbian?" It's like that's what she always was. It's like. Yeah, take it up with Greg Rucka ten years ago. Yeah, right. It's like it's like that was normal. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But they, what do they do with She-Hulk? They, they, what? They, did. I can't believe they made Hulk a lawyer. How dare they make him <laughs> smart? Well, mm. they had to make him a woman to make him smart. Oh, and a to woman, make him yes. a lawyer. Oh my goodness! How everyone's, dare they? Everyone's dumb. I hate everyone. Next thing you know, he'll be <laughs> sipping sipping. Uh, Lattes down at Central Perk. And these are the people that like sit and go, oh, they don't read. So she doesn't read comics, but you don't know who she Hulk is. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I love when you try to like explain something to someone, especially online, and they're just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you're, especially when they're like, you know, in their twenties. It's like, yeah, no, you probably haven't read any of these comics that you're referring. To. I would, I would say that. People making assumptions without any research or any knowledge whatsoever is kind of a main theme of 2020 and and all of the Internet right now. Yeah, I think it's also bringing it to a head because we're all stuck in our houses. Um, but we did get we did get a definitive answer, I think. And I am definitely going to start campaigning for this. So, of course, we talked about uh, the upcoming Knight Rider movie directed by uh, Juan. What's this? James Juan? No. James Wan. James Wan. And uh, and we all speculated about who should replace Michael Knight. And we've got the answer from our good friend, Random Randy Savage, of the Cult 45 podcast. He said, Shia LaBeouf as Michael Knight, screaming at the dash. Sweet Jesus. Uh, hmm. I think that would be the ultimate casting. What do you think? No, no. Shia LaBeouf should never work again. <laughs> oh, I don't go that far. I just don't care for his work. I don't want to see the man not work. Oh, so. poor little Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. I think he's, uh, I think when he's on, he's on. Uh, when he's off, he's way off. I'll, I'll give you that, this but is he's a guy more who pulled off out, than on. This is a guy who pulled out his own tooth, to, you know, instead of just using makeup. That's I crazy. I don't, 
you see that, that Honey Boy movie that's kind of like semi-autobiographical? Like, I think he had pretty rough upbringing. Like, I don't think he's well altogether. Mm. So, I don't know. I it, He's not my cup of tea. We'll just leave it at that. But I don't need to say Amanda shouldn't work, personally. Yeah. No, that's true. All right. And then finally, so you guys hate that we uh, do social media madness. But here's why we do this. It's to interact with our fans and... Uh, <laughs> We get tweets give, like, give them targets, basically. We get tweets like this, uh, Sasha Bowman. It's also to mangle people's names. Yes. Uh, Which so, is the best part of the show. Sasha yeah, Bowman, yeah. uh, who was the one who came up with the uh, some of the stuff about Knight Rider that we talked about last week, uh, tweeted out, said, Ha, got around to listen to it. They quoted some of my replies about the Knight Rider movie. Happy oh, to contribute. Is- Thank you for the shout out. So. At least he's listening. Thanks, Sasha. So, mm-hmm. so there you Please go. send the right, uh, the, the correct pronunciation of your name to David Markowski at superheroespeak.com. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> Dave at superheroespeak.com. And make uh, sure to donate to the Harvest Moon Kickstarter. Only two weeks left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I see that's what nice. I'm getting at is that this is what keeps me going is interacting with people on social media and in a good way. But they're having people. fun. So on that note, boys and girls, if you want to know how you can get more superhero speak and be part of social media madness, here's our good friend D-Squared to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network includes great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you, John. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Don't forget to check out the House of D podcast, available on YouTube, and I believe wherever else you get podcasts. And on that note, boys and girls, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. We've got a little bit of news to talk about this week. Of course, uh, we won't bury the the big story right at the top here um everyone of course has heard at this point that chadwick boseman who has uh who portrays black panther in the marvel cinematic universe has passed away at the age of 43 uh from colon cancer yep 2020 can go suck it and uh um actually it's what's most fascinating to me about the whole thing is, you know, that not only did he keep this private, 
he kept this out of the papers and everything for for as long as he's been fighting it. He's been doing it for four years. So when you look at the timeline, he's been fighting cancer as long as he was playing Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. The entire the entire duration of his like stardom was battling this. It's crazy. Yeah. So. So is it ju- is it just me or is like and, and I've talked to other people about this. This this seems to have hit people a lot harder than you'd think. Yeah, it really has. It hit me pretty hard. I'm, I was very surprised by that. Yeah, and it's not like I mean we've we've already had a couple of surprises. I'm still trying to get over Grant and Mahara, but this this was like, um, I mean I guess one it, it's out of the blue. And two, he was like, as well as few people that like people looked up to, like one of those stars where where he was actually out there doing good. And and, you know, did you see his address to with a graduating class and all that? I mean, like the the things he the things he said, the things he did, he was just an all around really, really good guy. And um, one of my friends said that. it's it's ba- basically the reason why it's hitting people so hard is because we have so little of that right now to yeah. lose somebody that bright. Yes, yeah. it's unconscionable. Is, you're right. It's like we weren't. It's been a rough year. Let's be real. Like nobody nobody likes the situation we're in. That's we're we're not in a good place for a lot of reasons. None that we need to go over right now. And uh, like it's it feels like one of the bright spots because almost everybody agreed that Black Panther was a phenomenal movie and we were all looking forward to more of it. You yeah. know, that moment in Endgame where they step through the tunnel, like, that's that's what gets everybody, you know, when Cap learns he's not alone. And it's just the fact that it's we don't get to follow up on it, it hurts. And, like, the fact that Chadwick Boseman was such a good person who was, like, really starting to really fall into his groove and oh, he's become so good something too. special. He was good. Like, it's just, we feel like as a society, you feel like you're, you're robbed. We've been cheated. Definitely. Yeah. And like the fact, I mean, like what a remarkable man this was to fight through this vicious cancer and not say a word about it to anybody. Like even Ryan Coogler talked about how he didn't know, like in this day and age where, People broadcast the guilty as charged. People broadcast every thought they have on the internet to have someone to have this severe thing and just literally keep it to themselves. I think. I think there's an important lesson in that because, um, I've always said this. You know, there are things that are should be private and personal between you and you and your loved one or you and your your family. And we shouldn't broadcast all of our thoughts on the internet. And yet so many of us do. And it's like, but, you know, there well, is. Well, I think, I think part of that though is everybody's looking for a human connection in a, in a world that doesn't seem to care. Right. And so, well, you know, I don't know you're about kind that. of forced to, eh. I, I uh, think, I think most of humanity is kind of forced to like expose themselves if I, only I, I, to I get some kind of recognition. I, I think I think there's an issue where like there are some times where people accuse I'm not saying it's true or not true, there but people accuse when a celebrity comes out and goes like, Oh, I've got cancer like uh-huh. they 
like, oh, they're looking for sympathy points. You know, there is that. There is there is a, the asshole side of the internet that tries to look for ulterior motives in just about anything. Like, right. you know, that's the problem. You give everyone a voice, is you give everyone a voice. Exactly. Like, look how people look how people got on him when earlier this year we saw him, and I know everybody thought, wow, he's really skinny right now. Like everybody thought that because he was dying. It turns out, but people still took their cheap shots, and you know, hey, hope they feel pretty good about it. Got to make yeah. fun of a dying man. Hey, do you think do you think the reason why they kept pushing off the Black Panther two movies because they knew what was going on and weren't sure he was going to well, make it? Well, I know that I know that uh, for a lot of movies, you have to um, get checked out for insurance purposes. So somebody at Marvel knew. It's like, possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no way they couldn't have known. Like you said, like they have to have blood work and all this stuff. Then my friend, uh, my cousin, who does Story Builder podcast with us, he's a he's an assistant director, and they just got back to work this week, last week working, and like he's got to take two COVID tests a week, and they're getting blood work done, so they know. And he's just a, he's a crew guy, so if he's just a crew guy, they're doing this. You damn well better believe they're keep they're keeping track of their stars. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, like they they know, like someone knew and kept it quiet, which was. Cool Marvel, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, like the second movie wasn't what scheduled for release until 2022, so at this point, I guess they're going to have to speed up. Like, what, what didn't his sister take over at one point or something? Or? In the comics, Shuri does take over. Ryan Coogler was talking about how he was writing the script right now, and it's like people are like, oh, "What are you going to do?" And he's like, "I don't want to think about it right now." So I mean, like, this could. Yeah. Derail a sequel. It, they could never make it. I mean, like, there's a lot. There's a lot of human element stuff they need to figure out. And now is not the time to say, boy, what are they gonna do with Black Panther two? You know. And that that was gonna be one of the linchpins of like the next phase, right? I yeah. mean, like, who else do they have? Who else do they got? They've got Spider Man, but like Black Panther now, was. He was supposed to be like the the upfront leader. You know. Yeah. They never said that. That's an assumption that we made as fans. But so, the, it, literally, yeah. there's nobody else to pin it on at this point. There is so. it. Thor. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, in the comics, she takes over because uh, T'Challa ends up in a coma. And then she comes, he comes out of it, and she still has the mantle for a while. And then she gets killed in the comics. Um, hmm. She sacrifices well, herself to save T'Challa, and then T'Challa, through a ritual, brings her back to, from the dead, you know, because it's comics. Comics. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, there's a whole interesting, there is a storyline there, but again, it's also one of those, we've talked about this so many times, it's a property thing, like, it always reverts back to... The illusion of change. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the other thing, um talking about being too soon and all the vultures um i'm on facebook literally the next day because i mean it was saturday night i think the news broke so sunday morning i'm on facebook and i'm getting ads in my feed for you know remembering the legend chasbuk bozeman t-shirts you know with the dates on. i'm like really that quick there is never there's always a, a snake oil salesman or a huckster looking looking to take advantage of any situation. Hmm. And like people were in uproar because Screen Rant posted an article like literally at midnight the day that he died, like 
what does this mean for the the future of uh, the Black Panther franchise? You know, I don't think that's a bad that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Because a lot of fans were thinking that, you know, right? I don't know. I don't I don't know if it was super tasteful, but it was it was a legit question a lot of fans had. I mean, unfortunately, I kind of. You know, I don't want to, like, start anything, but given Disney and Marvel's past, I think they're going to wait long enough for the time to go by, and then they're going to recast at this point. They could recast. They could do the Shuri thing. I mean, like, the recasting is going to be tough because this one hit so hard. I understand, but you also can't really just do the Shuri thing and not... I I think if you kill T'Challa off-screen... And have Shuri just take over. I think you kind of crap on the legacy of T'Challa and well, this what, this is why the this is why the writer said don't ask me yet because exactly like, it's, it's such a fine line. It's like but, uh, but you I'm can't saying, film off screen, but you, you don't want to like do a, a CGI him too. Yeah, I think you can make that argument the other way too. That that if you kill them on screen, if you do, if you don't, if you try to work around it. You know that that cheapens it as well. I mean, like I said, there's no, there is no perfect answer to all this. Maybe the best answer is to to put the Black Panther uh, property on ice for a little bit. I don't know. I honestly don't have an answer. I don't. I don't think they do at the moment either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But I. I. Yeah. I'm just saying they've already recast a few times. They have. This one's different though. No one's died. You know. Oh no! I didn't say that, but. You gotta remember, unfortunately, as much as you think Disney and Marvel have a heart. Oh, like, I don't think they have a heart. No, no, not <laughs> at all. But I also don't, they I don't also even have a soul. I mean, <laughs> but I don't even know if it helps them business-wise right now, unless they wait several years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it bring. I don't think it really helps them. We'll see. You know? Yeah, I'm curious. It's uh, it's definitely a question. Yeah. <sighs> Sucks ass. Yeah. So, so rest in peace, uh, Mr. Bozeman. You or rest in power, as they're saying. Yeah. Kind of forever. Mm. So moving on. This one was. This one's all JD. I think. It is. We released. They released. Well, I don't know. I don't know how big of a Stephen King fan you are, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Steven, Steven, yeah. Oh, crazy, they, crazy. Okay. Yeah. They've released a, a preview for the upcoming Stand miniseries that's going to be on CBS All Access. Uh, did everyone get a chance to watch it? What did we think? Oh, it looks fine. I don't like the Stand. <gasps> What's your problem with the Stand? Uh, the end is not... So Stephen King in the 80s... Yeah, it is. I know you yeah, exactly what you're say, John. It is. Like, Stephen King in the 80s, he had some really good ideas, but then he has a, you know, the cocaine addiction kind of takes hold of him sometimes, and he makes a lot of questionable decisions. Ch- child origin it, for example. Yeah, um, he, ha- he has no idea how to end things. And he's even made that... that they made that Stephen- joke in, uh, they made that joke in Dr. Sleep, too. Yeah. Um, oh, no, Dr. Sleep, I'm sorry, it, too. It, too, they make that joke. I think they uh, was it? It, uh, the one with the cats too. I think they made that joke there. A uh, pet cemetery? Yeah, but no, no, not pet cemetery. The one with the cat people. 
Uh, oh, what is uh, it? Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalker, yes. Like even even that in his cameo, he, he walked. He at one point he he walks up and he says, "I I'm not taking the rap for this. I didn't do this." Like, yeah, there's some yeah, there's some odd question. Like the stand ends with the hand of God catching a nuclear weapon, and it's like, yeah. very, it's very it's a very cheap ending. And um, I don't know, like I I question the timing of it to do, but again, again, pandemic books are selling really well on Amazon. So why not go to the OG pandemic story? True. Um, I get it. I, I don't like the book all that much. I think it's, I think it's a little overrated. I don't think it's his best work. Mm. And the, and the mini series they did in 94, wasn't that great? Like, I don't know. The, 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 the beginning of that mini series, I remember watching that and like live, and the beginning of it, the first the first part was terrifying. Oh, it's horrifying. It, it was like, I mean, we were that was I, it, I mean, it was later on, but we were still people were still worried about nuclear war. And there was threads and the day after that came out and and then this thing with the pandemic. And it was it was terrifying. It was only when they started introducing the more interesting parts of the book, the, the second half. Where it just yeah. went kind of went off the rails and you it's, lost it's your. Different, it's a different book. Like there's, it's definitely a tale of two books. The first book is about this this global pandemic that wipes out. I forget the exact percentage. It's like seven eighths of mankind, something ridiculous like that. Mm. And the second half of the book is the battle of the survivors. The the good people with Mother Abigail and the bad people with Randall Flag, who's like the uh, the man in black, the protagonist, the excuse me, the antagonist of, of a lot of Stephen King stories. And then the book changes at that point. It becomes more of a battle of good and evil thing. And like I said, the ending just the ending never felt right to me. And it, I don't know, I don't know. It's not the shining. Let's leave it at that. And you can't. I mean, it was a penultimate like '90s thing. I mean, it had Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, Laura San Giacomo, who was my crush back then. Um, Dauber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Every, like, if you go through the list, like, I yes. don't know, Shawnee Smith. The, the cast is good for this one, too. Um, I'm not going to get CBS All Access for it. It's, you know, but it looks good. I mean, like, production looks great. Yeah. Dave, I, Dave what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it, it, it definitely looks creepy, which is what you want from Stephen King, but... As you said, like, um, the hand of God. It's, yeah, you Stopping could say it's still heavy handed at the end. <laughs> heavy handed, ah, 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 ah. Um, yeah, that was better. And, and, but the <laughs> thing is, hey, who knows? Maybe they'll change it, you know, uh, instead of being an, an, uh, an alien invasion, uh, hoax created by the smartest man in the world, it's, uh, a nuclear war hoax. Yeah, if you want to stand on Stephen King's good side, you don't change his work. Well, he, unless you're like, making a movie. Of no it. one cared about. Well, no, he, oh, no, no, he's still, he still does not let go of Kubrick. He's still angry about Stanley Kubrick. Oh, because also he hates The Shining. Because they're very different. Like The Shining the movie is the Shining. <laughs> the Shining movie is about a guy who was a bad person who goes crazy. The Shining book is about a good guy trying to be better who gets uh, tempted by the, an evil, who gets possessed by an evil ghost, right? right? They're very 
they're very different entity stories. or whatever. Yeah, entity. Thank you. That's a better word. Like, so they're very different. You know, and he's never liked what Kubrick did with it. Well, the rest of society disagrees. Yes, yes. So we'll see. I'm, it's one of those things like maybe when it ends up on Netflix eventually, I'll watch it. But yeah, I'm not gonna get CBS All Access to check this one out. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, because uh, if you're doing a dark, if you're doing a Dark Tower series, I'm in. Right. That's that's something ripe for for adaptation. Good I thought even Dark Tower wasn't like that great. Dark Tower is fantastic. The Dark Tower movie wasn't very good, but the Dark oh, Tower okay. series is awesome. Yes, it's I've never awesome. I've never read the series. Maybe it's, I should because you, you said if I like Stephen King, <clears throat> um, Koontz. <clears throat> so uh, Dean Koontz. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the the Dark Tower is good. Dark Tower is more uh more fantasy. Yeah. Than, than horror. And who knows. Hmm. It might end up on regular CBS anyway. Possible. Uh, yeah. Possible. Well, who knows? Right? I mean, CBS All I, I don't know. CBS is CBS All Access like doing okay? Well, it's outperforming. It's outperforming a lot of the uh, the other apps, competitive apps. But you know. But I, I, I know. but in a move, I guess to get more subscribers. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, season one. Will air on CBS this fall, starting on September 24th. What season are they on for this show? Uh, season two just aired on CBS All Access, and uh, I think season three is about to come out or something like that. Very interesting choice. Yes. So, well, they did air the original episode on TV before they launched this the platform to. Which is to, smart. Right. But so now they're going to show the entire first season, which made me wonder, is it one of it's got to be one of two things. It's either what I originally said, like, oh, they're looking for more subscribers. So let's give them a whole season and and bring them in. Or because of covid and everything being behind, CBS doesn't have anything to show. Uh, well, for the some, some people would argue that CBS didn't have a whole lot to show to begin with. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, let's throw Star Trek Discovery on uh, so we can get people to watch. So, it's a good point. And anything else. It's a really good point. I have no idea what was even on CBS at this point. Is well, uh, the Magnum PI remake still a thing? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Was that on CBS? It was on CBS. Oh, well, there you go. That's what people were watching. The or not rating. watching. <laughs> it was doing good ratings. Blue Bloods, CSI, um, yeah, Blue Bloods CIS. Oh, we were okay. all the CIS ones, but man, those are getting long. Oh, too. Big Brother. Big Brother? Ugh. You can go, you can go ugh, ugh, all you want, but these are all big shows. Oh, so so they had the big. There you go, the Big Bang Theory. That's done. Uh, yeah, it's done, and now and then Young Sheldon, which I don't think is doing good in the ratings. No, it's it's too much of a departure. Like if you if you like the Big Bang Theory and you watch Young Sheldon, it's nothing like it. No, no, and I get why they do it. They don't want to like. There's a there's a fine line you walk with. You're doing like a spinoff show where you don't want to be the exact same, but at the same time, if it's too much of a departure, it's like, what am I watching? Exactly. Like, after, like Aftermash or the Radar Show. 
Oh, I, I remember Aftermath. It was not. Some 80s references for you. Trapper John MD? No, that worked for some reason. Yes, but I mean, that was a complete. Yeah. 50 years ago. So, I mean, like. Trapper Trap, Trap John MD worked because of casting and, and writing. It was a completely different show. Like, you didn't have to have any background in MASH. That was like a medical soap opera right. type of deal. You know? But I mean, like, at the same time, it's like, huh, how did that spin out of that? Hmm. This is true. And so. yeah, we'll take we'll take things only we know about for eight hundred, Alex. Shows from the seventies for eight hundred, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> the Jeffersons that worked. So anyway, <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> Jeffersons. For those who don't have CBS All Access and and haven't watched Discovery yet, which is also on Netflix, isn't it? I'm pretty sure season one is on Netflix. So. No. I don't think so. Well, I'll have to look. Um, look for those who haven't seen it yet, you can just watch CBS this fall. And I, I don't know. I kind of think the people that are just watching regular TV at this point aren't going to go get a streaming service. Am I wrong? No, I think people have already put like staked their claim on what services they're going to have. Right. And you're going to like um, HBO Max is really trying they announced that Fresh Prince reunion, but I mean, like, I think everyone's kind of made their decision. Poor HBO Max. They're the red-headed stepchild of the streaming wars. And, uh, it's still DC Universe, but HBO Max is quickly taking their place. Yes. They just weren't ready. Yeah. Actually, yeah. of all of the of all of them, I don't CBS all um, CBS and uh, HBO Max are the ones I don't have. I literally have almost everything else. I think. You're just weird. Well, yeah, I mean, it just kind of grew like that. And I, when I say everything, I mean even like um, Rooster Teeth and Funimation and Crunchyroll. And so, but uh, I don't know. Just I, it's the CBS. I they just they, no matter how hard they try, like uh, the Enterprise, even the Enterprise stuff. I'm a Trekkie. I'm, I'm not really interested in because I heard like. The, the things I heard about the first season didn't really interest me. And now, you know, like I, I would watch Lower Decks, but I don't want to get I don't want to buy the service for right. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm the same way. The things I've heard about Discovery, it's like this isn't my Star Trek. I don't think I'm interested in it. So, yeah. Um, Can't fault them for trying. But speaking of things that. uh that aren't ready, we aren't ready for yet. Um, so your your favorite uh, movie, John? John, I mean, sorry, GD. GD. That uh, um, got snuck out for for previews, I guess. <laughs> His white whale. Yeah. Um, this is really weird. This is this is I like I don't I don't what is going on? First off. New Mutants. Is it in the theater or was it just out for previews? As far as I can see, it was out in the theaters. But like, there was no announcement. It was just like, I, I saw people saying, "I'm going to go see New Mutants." So I'm like, I saw no ads, I saw no articles, nothing. Just it's in the theater. Because we're in a pandemic. I would think I mean, they'd advertise, I, but I think they would have advertised that a little bit for where the theaters are open. Well, you'd think they would have done that 
with Tenet too, but they like they advertised Tenet a couple of months ago, but they didn't see anything about that, and now that's out. That's true. Oh, I didn't even see. I didn't know. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. You know. So, Meanwhile, Bill and Ted is all over the freaking place, but that's streaming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Weird. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, Bill and Ted's gonna make money, and this these other two movies are not. So, so oh, and Bill and Ted's worth making money though. I watched it; it was good. So oh, IndieWire put out an interesting article about um, New Mutants in the sense of that they're refusing, and other publications are joining them. They're refusing to review New Mutants until Disney can give them a safe alternative for screening it. Um, it's weird, man. This whole thing is so, so weird. So yeah, so I mean, I like so the AV Club, AA Down, uh, who else is Roger this? Ebert? Roger Ebert, yeah, like all of them are jumping on saying like, nope, it's too, uh, it's too dangerous. We're not going to review your movie, ha 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 ha. <laughs> And yeah. like, and like, okay, so I get it. Like, all right, fine. You want, you want them to send you a screener of some kind so you can sit in the, your own living room and watch the movie. Um, I but get they're it. too, they're they're too anal about it. They're 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 too worried about pirating. So well, like, they they won't they won't send you anything. They they still want to try and pack people into a theater to. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I a little bit understand what they're saying, but at the same time, it's like, you know, <laughs> they're basically saying, we're Disney, bitch. We don't need you to review the movie. True. In which case, they should have thought twice because, first off, it's a turd. And second off, every review I've seen of it is horrible. Right. Um, but however. The, be- the, best, the best review I've heard of it um they said it was like Marvel came in to finish Grizzly 2. But I'm saying, like, the New York Times, Variety, uh, LA Times, New York Post, uh, Empire Magazine, like, they've all gone out and watched it to review it. You know, so right. it's like... And, and possibly gotten COVID-19 because of it. I mean, come on. It's, yeah. it's, no, no, but that's the point. It, you, you can't... You can't force these people. I mean, like, they're going to no, have no. to do something. Th- that's, this is my point. No one's forcing them to review the movie. Like, they put the movie out, and they ask people to review it, but there's no, like, no one said to, no one went to these reviewers' houses and said, you must go review New Mutants. You know, like. No, but, but they're, they're creating a situation where if the reviewers go to review it, they're going to be putting themselves in jeopardy. Possibly. Hence the reason why all these other reviewers are like, yeah, you know, I kind of like don't want to give COVID to my parents and watch them die horribly. So I, I'll, I'll stay and I, I shall abstain from this. That's, I mean, it's, they, they, it's, it's, it's a fight between greed and common sense. Maybe. Um, JD, you're being quiet. Um, I've got a lot of ground in this movie, so this whole thing <laughs> disappoints me. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like, I think they're, I think they're putting needless lines in the sand. All these movies should be available to stream at the same time. They should be. Um, 
I understand AMC's got to make a profit, but if people don't feel safe, they ain't gonna make profit anyway. So, like, there needs to be some give in this, in my opinion. And I don't think it's because of uh, copy or because of uh, pirating, because that's gonna happen anyway. Right. Already, this thing's already pirated. Of course. There's pirates available everywhere. Um, That being said, I don't. No one's twisting their arm to say you have to go review it. At the same time, no one is twisting their arm and says this has to be reviewed. So you've Mm. got this, like, standoff, right, where movies aren't getting reviewed, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help either of them. So they're going to have to find some type of a new normal. And I get it, AMC and, and, you know, Tribe Stark and all these companies need to to try to keep the lights on, but I don't know. I think think it's, it's, it's... A matter of a few things. Um, number one, we talked about this before. There was already a contract that said this had to be released in the theater. Right. So, like, Disney didn't have a choice. Like, they had to put this in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, but I think they knew it was a turd. So it's a safe turd for them, because it probably wasn't going to make a lot of money exactly. anyway for them. So, so they, I think and I think that Tenet's the same way. I don't know what, they, what the studios think about Tenet. I so, heard good things about Tenet, yeah, but it's yeah, but I don't know. It's oh, it's Nolan, and Nolan stuff can be hit or miss. Right. So I honestly, so I, yeah, I think they did like at least in Disney's uh, standpoint is they said let's put this in the theater and see how it does. Yeah. Because it's a it's an X Men adjacent movie, um, and we're not looking at is it making a huge profit. We're just looking at what percentage of people are going out to the theater again and what percentage of people are seeing this movie so that we can judge, is it safe to put black widow in the in the theater? Right. Right. This is a, um, this is a test as we'll call it. Yeah. It's exactly really, what well, it is. Well, cause how much did Disney spend making? Like really you think about it. Disney didn't spend probably a whole lot finishing it. No. You know, they just tried to make it watchable. Well, so they, they probably they were tr- spent a few million, which for them is they were, Yeah, they were supposed to do reshoots, and I guess they didn't get the money for that or something, right? Yeah, so something this is like Disney. That. Disney, This is just Disney te- really testing the waters and being like, well, let's see if this works. No, Okay, never happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because really, it's their Fox. it was a Fox investment, and Fox doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Yep. So, yeah. No, I mean, nothing ventured, nothing lost. Yes. So, and then, of course, as we said, the, it is getting reviews, and uh, it has a 33% currently on Rotten Tomatoes. Boy, that is bad. Yeah. But you're still determined to see it, aren't you? Well, not determined isn't the term. I, I mean, I'm I'm not going to the movie theater right now. Yeah, um, neither, neither would I. I just don't think that's a real, I mean, like... No, no, no. If it was streaming, like if they were doing Bill and Ted did, yeah, I'd watch it. But right now, no. I waited three years. I can wait a couple months. And again, I just paid 20 bucks to see Bill and Ted and it was worth it. Yeah. You know, and I'm just one person. If you have a family, pay 20 bucks. You're you're that you're probably making, you know, you're making out on that. No spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. That was my My plan for the weekend. Yeah, same here. It's the plan. The wife and I. It's our plan for this weekend. Is we're gonna watch Bill and Ted. You're you're gonna be pleasantly surprised. Hey, boys and girls, Bill and Ted uh, review for next week. <laughs> hey, all right. 
All right. Um, speaking of, of how things are changing and the new normal and whatnot, this is a weird article I brought up, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, so they're put, they're making a documentary on making the Witcher and then they're putting that on Netflix. And number one, it's, it's one of those things like, I first see the article, I'm like, do people really care about this? And then I kind of realize something. And I want to get your guys' take on this. There are people, in fact, I know two of them very well, who are obsessed with collecting media still. Right? Like, they have huge DVD and Blu-ray collections. And one of the main things is special features, right? Mm -hmm. But now that we're in the streaming world... They don't really do special features anymore. It's true. Yeah. And yet they still charge you the same price for these movies a lot of times. Um, so I kind of feel like this is Netflix saying, okay, you, you like The Witcher. We're putting it out in a box. So that here's a, here's a special feature that will also be included. But if you have Netflix, you're getting it now. Um, do you guys, first question is, do you guys ever watch any of the special features when you buy a movie? Always. I, I haven't bought a movie in a while, but I always watch Making of the Features. I love those things. I was a film student, man. Well, that's true. How about you, John? Eh. <laughs> no, that's that's literally my, my visceral um, reaction is eh. So, so not it's really. It comes out on DVD. Well, if it's marked, it's definitely marketed to a certain type of person. Yeah. Well, I, I have not watched the show. Am I going to watch the 32? I'll be honest you, there's a better chance that I watch the 32-minute making of than me watching the show. <laughs> that's that's cool. I, w- I would rather watch the second season than watch a making of the first season. <laughs> well, there you Different go. Different audience. Different audience. I think you two should fight to figure out who's right. There, there's there's no fight about that. I don't I, that's it's what he said. There's you know it's for ah, different people. Okay. Different strokes for different folks. Mm. The facts of life was a different stroke spinoff that lasted a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Garrett. I wanted yeah. to work it in earlier to the show, and I'm like I couldn't see an opening, but then you gave it to me, and like a good running back <laughs> taking the hole, I had to. <laughs> So I'm kind of curious what the people out there think as well. If you're listening to this show, and do you are you worried that the special features are going the way of the dinosaur? Um, and if so, will you miss them? So, so let us know in the comments down below. All right. I know this isn't YouTube. All right. Anyway, that's all the news. Now let's move on to our discussion of the week, since. Uh, you know, we made John read this again. <laughs> yep. So we had we had taken up we had taken it to our audience. We did a poll. We had asked you what comic you'd like to hear us discuss. Uh, the, again, the options were The Dark Knight Returns, Marvel Civil War, Kingdom Come, or Spider-Man: The Other. Um, and the winner. At 35.6%, it was Marvel Civil War. Uh, last place at uh, 9.3% was Spider-Man The Other. For good reason. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, if you haven't read that, uh, don't. <laughs> Good advice. Uh, so we had gotten comments on this poll, by the way, too. Uh, someone said, oh, God, I'm going to have to read Civil War again. Uh, pukey face. I wonder who that was. That would be me. Uh, uh, D Square said, at least it's not Civil War 2. Uh, the Gorilla Brain Pod said, you know, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to say the Dark Knight Returns. Ghost of the Stratosphere says, always kingdom come. Take a knee for Marvel vs. DC says, it doesn't look it's like... Got- it doesn't look like it's going to win, but I voted for The Dark Knight Returns. I also think whenever you'll do that story, you have to review the animated double feature to go with it. Uh, Shao MF Booker? Question mark? That's a question mark in his name. Uh, I love Civil War so much it was an outstanding comic. Hmm. And Richard G said, Civil War, get me and get me on that show. Love the Marvel spin on Heroes. We can chat and record over Discord. Um, okay. I respect the man that just says, "Put me on the." Yeah, I have no idea who you are. Yeah, you we don't. Know we me. don't know you. Put you on. Put me on your show. Okay. Mm. Uh, always be closing. I get it. We we should have a Discord though. Probably not a bad idea. Put uh, put a put a put in on that. We already have a Discord. We just haven't started moving to it yet. D Square uses one for his shows, and I think they do pretty well actually. So. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, okay, so, so we'll start out with, uh, so Civil War, um, for those who aren't familiar with the story, uh, it came out in 2006. It was a seven part miniseries. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, written by Mark Miller, art by Steve McNiven, and, um, it's, uh, it's the story of the Marvel superheroes taking sides. There was a registration act where they wanted to make all heroes uh, operating within the United States members of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, because of an incident that happens in the beginning of the book, and of course, uh, Captain America doesn't want to be part of the Registration Act, and Iron Man is for it, and the t- and of course, they take sides. If you've seen the movie, same kind of concept. They fight, and... Uh, and yeah, let's get into this. It wasn't um, really the same concept. No, it was very different. Yeah. Movie's better. Um, it's the same concept, like, they both had, like, hangers, but one had a fur coat and another had a negligee. It's like, they, they're very different movies. Very different, very different stories, basically. Um, they are, they are and they aren't. There's different, definitely elements. There's elements, for sure. Uh, that, that are in both, uh, very strong points that were repeated in both. Um, and yes, there are things, I think there are things the movie does better, and I think there are things the book does better as well. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. The, uh, but JD, I know you've been chomping at the bit. I want to know why you hate this book so much. Um, I think Mark, I don't care for Mark Miller is what it really comes down to. Like, I think when you look at historically what Civil War represents, it's a big, business-wise, it was really big for Marvel. It's the biggest thing they had done in probably 15 years as far as sales. It went mainstream. It got people talking. Um, It got me reading monthly books again after a long break. 
Um, I didn't read the entire series. I read like three of them, came back, read the trade because, you know, you had to have the patience of a saint to wait for this book. Not Mark Miller's fault. He got sick. Um, I don't care for Mark Miller. I think this is him doing this is Mark Miller trying his best to to do the what to do Watchmen. And with a with a loop with a loose lift of, of some of the main concepts. And I think that a lot of the characters act out of character, especially uh, Captain America. It's funny, Mark Miller, a year before in, in Marvel Knights, Spider-Man wrote a big Captain America speech about why he's not afraid to have the world know he's really Steve Rogers. It's funny, like a year later, he does the exact opposite because the plot says he has to. It's just, yeah, man, well, no, and I don't it's think not, it's not about he's not doing it for himself in the story. He's no, he's doing, doing it. Because the plot says he has to be against it, and Iron Man, and they have to be against it. Uh, that that was what I got out of it too. Like it's I just, just like I, every, just like is everybody in the Marvel universe a dick? I mean, like I'm not as familiar with it as you guys are, but my God, if that's the way they all act, I would never, I would, I wouldn't read anything else. Kind of, I, I, would, I would read another Marvel property because like. It, it seems like their answer to a complex question was to pick two sides that were diametrically opposed, and that was the only criteria, and then to just try and kill each other. It, I mean, like, it was like – Again, I don't like this stuff. I don't care for Mark Miller's writing. I don't like the how gimmicky it is. Spider-Man yeah. reveals his identity. But we're going to clean that up really quick. Captain America dies. Not really. He's shot back in time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean like it just – it was like – it was an embracal of the – Embracing, embracing is not a word, an embracing of some of the worst gimmicks of 1990s, you know, stunt stunt sales, hot shotting, if you will. Like, and I just don't, the only good thing that came out of this, in my opinion, was a pretty good run on Thunderbolts immediately afterwards by a writer who probably should not be named. But it was a good story. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I find it to be very mean-spirited. Like it just, it, I don't think it's aged particularly great. And I get, I get what you're getting at, um, Dave. I, I understand, I understand like what it wanted to be, but as somebody coming in from DC and and somebody who's never read it before, and you know who's mostly familiar with the characters, I mean, sitting there and watching Reed Richards just go straight into, hey, let's build a murder bot and throw all of my friends in prison. Yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of weird choices, and weird, Reed does have a history of making odd choices, but the Thor clone thing is a is a bridge too far. A lot of these characters take big steps that it's very hard to recover their characters from, and, and, and I then, don't think and then they, for the better. Yeah, and then they kill one of what the 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 murder bot kills one of their friends, and it's like, oh, that was just a bug. It's like oh, what? one one of the few black characters in the Marvel in this entire story gets a giant hole blown through his chest. Yeah, but, you know, and this, Mark Miller. So. And 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 Reed just says, oh, well, we'll fix it in revision two. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, is if 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 that were the case, like. He he's a sociopath. <laughs> it, Reed Richards is a sociopath and should be the first one to go to jail. <laughs> there's and again, Reed's typically a cold, callous character. Very like, yeah, very. very I, get, much so. I get that, but there's but a difference I think between cold and callous and freaking evil. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that I do think he crosses a lot of boundaries, and I just 
this is a story devoid of of hope. You know, yeah. It's and if, they, if it's of, part of the main Marvel universe, oh, it is. Well, it's if it's a part of the yeah, if it yeah, that and that's the problem. If it were, if they made this like a you know a an alternate universe or whatever, you know, made it a one shot, fine. But this so, is if this main Marvel universe, it's like you said. It's like every at the end everything's pretty much the same. We've, we've ganged up on Dave enough. I'd like I to, know. Like I'd like to Dave to have his moment. So, sorry, Dave. Okay, so first off, the 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 thing about Captain America, it's he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for um what he thinks is a just cause that you can't just force people to be members of Shield just because they have powers. You know, I mean, it's his point is that it's like enslavement. So he's fighting against that. Um, I think I, I, I like JD, too. Um, it was one of those things where uh, I wasn't collecting comics anymore. And this came out and like the the idea intrigued me so much. I started reading it and I also was buying a lot of the tie ins, the Spider-Man books, especially the FF books and the, um, a couple of the She-Hulk books that were tied in and, uh, the Civil War Chronicles and, you know, I, or Civil War, uh, Civil War Frontline. I'm sorry. That's what it was called. And I was reading all of these, you know, the whole time. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go back. And this is what I thought your issue was with it. Why I wanted to go back and just read the seven part miniseries. And I realized the biggest problem with this book is it doesn't work on its own. Oh, it really doesn't. That's true. It's a it's an editorial nightmare. Yeah, but that's just, that's not that's a uh, that's a function. <laughs> that's not a glitch, you know. So it's, so so the the no, because I met Mark Miller. I think it was 2010, 2011. We actually had a conversation about Civil War, and. Um, some of the things he, he wouldn't say who the pro, you know, who, who some of the suggestions were coming from or whatnot, but number one, that's not the ending he wrote. I mean, everyone hates the ending of Civil War. It was bad. They just stopped fighting because of the destruction that they're causing and Cap just gives up. Which, yeah. That's the issue is Cap would never give up. Um, He's literally the character. So, so that's the the first problem is that's not the original ending he wrote. He had a different ending, and Marvel said, "No, we don't want to do that. We want to have this ending happen later on." Which was Cap was supposed to die at the end of Civil War, and that's what was supposed to stop it. But I believe that uh, I believe. Hearing the others, I've heard the Brubaker side of this. Is that Brubaker said, "Hey man, I'm writing the Cap book. If he's going to die, he should die in the book." Right. Which is there's a good reason for that, and this is the this is the problem with these big editorial events. You know, is that nothing is organic. And then, like, there's I think it's an issue five or six. Like, there's a whole big fight between Tony Stark and Spider-Man in Tony's office in Avengers Tower. That takes place in the Amazing Spider-Man books, and then they just cut to the end of it, 
in, I think it's issue five of Civil War. Yeah. Right? And there's no explanation of, of what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's so marketing egregious that, again, and it's a, it's a story that literally touched, it's, it, it was an umbrella story that ran through the entire universe. I mean, the only books that weren't involved in this were the, the Pac, um, uh, Hulk books, which were doing Planet Hulk, at the, or, yeah, yes. Planet Hulk at the same. Though, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, and the concept played into, you know, a lot of what the discussion was, you know, in this country at that time of, I, I mean, it's all, it's still a discussion today, but it's, uh, giving up freedom for security or security versus yeah, freedom. Very Patriot Act. Very influenced by the Patriot Act. Exactly. Like, and that's, yeah. yeah, and that was a conversation I was having with a lot of people at the time. So that's one of the other reasons this, like, grabbed my attention. It's like, oh, they're going to take on the idea of the Patriot Act in Marvel Comics. I want to read this. Um, but you're right. Like, one of the, the pacing is, horrible because it's a seven part he said he originally had he wanted to do 10 to 12 and they said no no keep it to seven and like then it took a year and a half to finish well i know i'm not i'm not oh my bad you i'm just saying like it's so funny they said that because he couldn't he couldn't make the time and he couldn't make the deadlines anyway so but like so much but of my, our universe but my question water. is my question is did he already have something plotted out and written and uh because they made all the editorial choices that they made, he had to rework it, and that's what's absolutely. Well, the part he had Crohn's. He was in the hospital with Crohn's. Oh, that's. True. I mean, that was that was the big that was the big slow up with it. And McNevin is not typically a fast artist to no, begin with. No, he is not. Which is just, that's what you're when those kind of guys. That's just that's just the nature and, of the beast. And I'm sorry, the Reed Richards that's in this uh, book is very much the Bendis Reed Richards. Bendis Reed Richards? Like, you mean the one from the Ultimate Universe? Bendis never wrote Fantastic Four. I thought he did write the... No. Not, not, no, no, Freya, from Ultimates. Which is a different character. That character is a villain. <laughs> like, Thank that you. character becomes a straight-up villain. The the Bendis Reed Richards. The, he becomes the... Oh, God, I haven't read Marvel in a while. The I forget. I forget what they call him, but he becomes when that when those universes converged, part of the DC term, the ultimate Reed Richards is a straight up villain. Yeah. So but that's the difference. The six one six Reed is not. He has his cold moments where he like he's a little him and Doom are really close, personality wise. Like Doom is what Richards could have been, but right. isn't. And in this story, man, the the Tony side makes so many moral compromises that take years to really kind of wash away from the characters which again you want stories with consequence but i don't know if the juice was worth the squeeze because it took a long time i think for the fantastic four to feel like the fantastic four again it's really not till hickman comes around yeah well and 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 they just put dr strange aside too like they just shoved him right off the side well, that's and this you got to read the Illuminati. Well, and again, book, which is this way is better, by the way. this is one of the things I think is um, makes the whole thing interesting. Is 
when you compare it to the movie is, you know, the, the movie, oh, that doesn't have the big scale. And it's like, yes, but when there's too many moving parts, things get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And I think a lot of stuff got lost in the shuffle. But even, even the, well, okay. So like, then tell me, like, it, it still felt like, like even the movie, I think the movie presented a better reason for them going after each other than than this did and, and why they took those specific sides. Um, yeah, I think I do agree with you on this. I do think that the movie they play into their con- they play into the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe better to justify all this in Civil War of the movie as opposed to the. Let's be real. The thing with the Stanford, Connecticut thing in, in Civil War that happens all the time in the Marvel Universe. Right. Yeah. Like, it happens, it's it's harder to have this one moment. Like, every issue of something, like, some major block is being destroyed. I mean, it's just, it's a trope of comics, but it's one we all accept. But, I mean, when you're supposed to pay attention to this one, and it tries to, it definitely tries to draw a parallel with, like, in my mind, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I thought I always try to draw a parallel with like gun violence. You know, it felt like that. Like, oh man, the kids died and all this. It felt, it felt like insincere to me in that way. I think that might be my big problem with this is that the causality of all this felt very insincere. Right, and and and, and the other issue is, uh, Cap goes from zero to a hundred. Immediately, but. but at the same time, Maria Hill goes from zero to a hundred immediately. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to arrest you because you're not going to go do what we're telling you to do. And it was just right. like, like they, yeah, and they'd only just started talking for crying. Right. And there's seven, they had seven issues, but they they go to that right away, and there's no build to it. It just right. it just hits, and it's like and I, they, all this room you could I mean, have, like, and they mention characters. They stuff. do mention other events from the recent comics. Uh, like Hulk destroying Nevada and um, the stuff with the X-Men that was going on with Genosha. Like, they mention those events as catalysts, kind of like they do in the MCU, but they don't focus on them. They don't they don't utilize them as well. Like, right. And again, like, this is like, and again, I feel like this was done better two decades earlier with Claremont doing the mutant registration thing. Hmm. Like, again, I, I, I go to the, like, the whole, well, you know, Watchmen did the Registration Act thing. But yeah, but so did Claremont with, you know, and it made it made more sense. It was told a little bit more delicately, in my opinion, which I just said, Chris Claremont and delicate storytelling in the same sentence. I just, I think Mark <laughs> Miller is just so, I really feel it's ham-fisted. Like, I just, I, I don't, I just don't like, I just don't like Mark Miller. And they just started, like, creating new superheroes, like, just out of the blue, like, teams of them all over the place and they continue that i mean like the the world they leave it in after civil war ends is interesting the 50 state initiative thing did make for an interesting year of storytelling like the well, fallout the, the fallout's not bad but i don't like the vehicle i don't think it was good sorry dave and mm. that's the whole point i think and that's the whole issue is that the story that he originally presented to them was much different than the story we got because they wanted to use this as a vehicle to create a world they could have going forward. You know? Yeah. Um, That's corporate comics, man. I mean, and like, you don't get to tell your story. And I'm going to tell you, the only person I think, the, the, the one person I think that's true to form in this 
book, though, is Tony Stark. I agree with that. You know, like like he's always been he's always been very morally casual, and morally compromised. Like I think I don't think St- Tony's out of character in this book. Like and he comes out of the he comes out of the story being Doctor Doom. Like he's hated for the next two years. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And it's like, but that's that's who he was in the comics for a long time. Yeah. You know, like that was the whole thing when they were doing it. I'm like, they're doing an Iron Man movie. Well, again, yeah. true. This is this is a pre Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Right. Like the Tony Stark in the books wasn't that witty or um, likable in a lot of cases. Like that only writers started writing Tony as Robert Downey Jr. post 2008. This is 2006. Right. Like it's a different it's a different Tony Stark, and it's a, not a super likable Tony Stark. Like, yeah. Even in the stories leading up to it, Tony's not a terribly likable person. That's why he was replaced by a kid a decade earlier. Because they're like, man, he's a dick. We gotta get rid of him, you yeah. know. And they couldn't, they couldn't wrap their head around. Like sometimes films do a better job with characters than than the original source material. Iron Man being the best example of it. No, no, that's true. Um... So Dave, it's funny. It doesn't sound like you like this all that much. I expected uh, more yelling. Well, I'm going to say it's still in my top ten. Um, Has it aged well for you? But I'm going to say that's part of the problem is I don't think it aged well. Maybe if I had pulled out all the books and reread them. Oh, God. Do you have a month? Like, Yeah, I, the, that was that that one was 200 bucks on Amazon <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> to, to get follow, all of them. You had to follow the entire line to get the whole story, which, again, is like – Fuck you, capitalism! Like you know, like <laughs> right, like, exactly. That's it beats up. They beat up the consumer in that in that whole thing. I mean, there's the whole, the whole, all this stuff with Peter agonizing over whether or not to. Um. Oh yeah, and this it just it, it just like suddenly he's like, hey, take off my mask. Exactly, Look, but there's a whole there's a whole like issue where he's agonizing over the decision, you know, and then when, you know. Um, and then it goes right back to, well, like, nope, that, nope, nope, don't want to do this. Well, no, the whole Spider-Man arc is stupid because he just like this whole career has been like, I can't take my mask off. I can't let people know who I am. It's a bad move. And then he does. And like everything he thought was correct because Tony abandons him and then he becomes he's on the run in, in his black suit, which just so happened to coincide with the third movie coming out where he was in the black suit. Like uh-huh. and like that, everything that happened with Spider-Man in this story is bad. But again, it was done with a purpose. It was done so they can get to that devil story. Oh, Joe Cusada. Um, I mean, like it, it, it was like hmm. the only good thing is you get a really good like Matt Fraction pen Peter Mary Jane story right before it. So, which is all in, in Civil War con- congruity. Uh congruity. Con- con- congruous was congruous with Civil War. Continuity. No, con- congruous. I'm right. That's a word. Um, yeah, no, he's yeah. right. Um. Yes, and and and, but that's the whole thing. Is it? It, I think, again, if you read a lot of the books leading up to Civil War, and you see the relationship that Tony and Peter build, um, you you know because again, there's the scientist aspect of Peter and the technology, you know, from Tony, and and they hit it off and they become friends, and Tony's offering protection to his family. What not? 
and and Peter falls for that. So it works in that context. But if you don't have all of that amazing Spider-Man story context, it doesn't. Peter's just going, okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. Did did we forget the Suicide Squad aspect of this, too? Like, all of a sudden, they've got the secret team made of bad guys. No, and... they had it. Thunderbolts have always been a thing. Yeah. Okay. But definitely the Warren Ellis Thunderbolt run that comes out of it. And he even said, he's like, I want to do Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. And the Warren Ellis Thunderbolts, which Bendis recycles into Dark Avengers a year later, is oh. absolutely 100% inspired by, and they, they both said it, by John Astrander's Suicide Squad. Yeah. But it does a good job. I mean, those are actually pretty good stories, both both the, the Ellis Thunderbolts and the the Dark Avengers from Bendis. Like, those are those are good. And it set the stage by this. Like, I think some of the stuff that came out of it was good. I'm just not sure the main event was worth the hype. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Again, I still put it in my top ten. Um, it has issues. I think a lot of it, due to editing and stuff, not not making sense uh, in the because of the editing. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of like tinkering. There's a lot of you can see the the Marvel editing hand. And a lot of times people don't realize when when writers are hired to write the books, they're not hired to not always. But a lot of times they're hired. The editor will have a story and will pay someone else to write it. Yes. But you're writing their story. Like you're doing their beats. You know, which is funny because when Marvel got back on it, when Marvel was rebuilding. They weren't doing that. They were letting guys like Bendis and Miller and Brubaker just tell these long-form stories. And starting with this story, that starts to change a lot. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, they used to have their summits. Yeah. And this is one of the things that came out of one of the summits, from my understanding. Yeah. And then after – another problem, too, is like from this moment on, like House of M was good. House of M was – it was good, like for sales, and it was it was a good story, but it just affected the X Men. And for the next like decade after, we didn't. We not only had a yearly event, but then we had to have like a quarterly event. Because remember in '07, we had uh, uh, World War Hulk, and like the right, like, State Initiative, um, and it just like never ended. The, the event cycle never ended after this. Right, because before House of M, you had uh, Avengers Disassembled, mm-hmm. which just took place in the Avengers books. It wasn't a huge crossover. It, the whole story takes place in continuity and it works, you know, see, and, and house of M was, you didn't need the crossovers for house of M to work. Yeah. You know, like I read the house, the, the main story and the, the Spider-Man books for that, but that's it. But yeah, this one, it's like, it doesn't work without all the pieces. And it's asking, I think it's a gigantic ask of your client base, your customer base to shoulder all of it. Yeah. Which makes reading it back, maybe living in the moment. It's one thing, but like going back and doing the prestige format version. Eh. I think we have better memory. I think we have better memories of civil war. Than, than probably are deserved. Well, remember, I this is the first time I've read it, and I mean, I can I can understand that I'm missing a lot of context given like you know how many issues were between each one of these issues, but still, even even then, the 
characters are nowhere near what I thought they were supposed to be for Marvel and and everybody was acting like a dick and uh and yeah, everything seemed to be like the ending sucked and and everybody seemed to be you know acting they they were all plot driven, none of them were character driven, you know yeah uh, I agree I agree with that. No, I think Sue is character driven. Yeah, oh yeah, that that end yeah. that end part where she goes back to Reed Richards. Like again, I, I I can't believe like Reed Richards is a sociopath. He should have been shot. Um, read the read the uh, Fantastic Four tie-ins for it, and and it'll make a lot more sense I, and it works a lot better. Well, well, yeah, but no, no, that's just the thing. I don't want to read a comic book about a guy who'll turn on his friends because because it involves well, cool I mean, gadgets or, or building a murder bot. That's I mean, a, it's like it's, it's an interesting, but that's an interesting point. There's a there's a there's something in the comics I think I like better than in the movie. So in the movie, it's um, uh, Scarlet Witch, not Scarlet Witch. It's a uh, Black Widow that helps uh the last minute so Cap and, and Bucky can escape in the jet in the Quinjet. Right? In right. the in, in it's Sue in this it's Sue in this book. And like right away you get the ramifications of that because of the split between her and, and Reed and everything that's going on. You know right, but, but there's more Reed... of an in, there's more of an impact for Sue to, to turn against uh, everyone than there is for Black Widow in in the movie. Okay, but but the Reed Richards Sue Storm thing seems like your classic empath slash um, narcissist relationship. Like it is. I, I yeah, which is very destructive and never ends well. It is, and he's a narcissist, and, and, and it, you it, know, it, and a sociopath. I, I can't mention that enough. Read the like, read, I, not, read the read uh, Fantastic Four from 1980 to 19 to 2010. That is their relationship. That is Sue and Reed. It's not. Yeah, I've I've seen that too much in real life to want to read read it in fantasy. I'd rather read something that I enjoy. That would trigger that. I I I. I really think that a lot of people these days may be triggered by that. <laughs> anyway, just just emotionally, I'm not, uh, you know, like it, it's a it's a it's a real thing. Well, you know? that's that's an issue with like still talking with the Storm Richards thing. Like that's immediately after this, they leave the, the books for a while, and then Storm and Black Panther come in and join the team. So I mean, like they know what they're doing, and they're like to have all. And this is another thing too: is to have all these moments, you have to have these characters acting in this big boisterous way, but then you're forced to pick up the pieces and it takes, like I said, it takes a long time to put the pieces together. And I think there's a lot of damage that's done to these characters that I don't know. It just, it just takes a long time to recover from. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually too, it's, it's, that's the whole thing too. It, it, it may like looking back on it, it makes sense why editorial was like, no, you can't kill cap at the end of the story, because then none of the aftermath would make sense, right? Like, why would Tony still, after killing Cat, be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm still fine with everything, you know? He'd be like, oh my god, this this is it, and... 
Or at mm-hmm. least you would hope. You would hope. Like I said, yeah. it just it, I found a lot of this character's acting in a way to, to serve the plot. And even in the aftermath, like even in the the several year aftermath of this, like it takes too long to put the pieces back together. Yeah. Yeah, and then they throw a secret invasion at us. Which I thought was all right. I was okay with Secret Invasion. Of the stories, I think Secret Invasion is the better one. I don't know. All, all I know is all the all the promotional art, especially the stuff that was on Marvel.com, uh, was the best for this. Well, yeah, and they, the problem with Secret Invasion is they promised us that all these great secrets would be revealed. All these characters you thought were real wasn't, and it wasn't. There was nobody. Like yeah, the Electra was only Electra for like a little bit. Like it wasn't like all these, which I guess is probably better because you don't want to cheapen memory of these great stories but i mean at the same time like you mean like you didn't deliver you mean like the clone saga almost did like the clone saga <laughs> almost did, yeah like again so that's them learning their lesson but again it's like you set these giant expectations and then really don't deliver who can we trust well everybody it's only like a handful of these guys are bad and you know none of them i mean like i don't know man yeah you know another thing about that story didn't develop, live up to hype either <laughs> <laughs> All right. Marvel events suck. They really do. Yeah, how how is it how is it that DC has the better events? Oh, I wouldn't go that no, far. Let's. I, yeah, no, no. Well, I not. I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm beginning to. I, I I've been through a few DC events and I, I'm beginning to think that the Mar. I always thought the Marvel ones were supposed to be the better and more and more deep ones. And I think now I think, I'm looking at it, it's, it's kind of shallow and, and, and everybody moves I, I think, for the plot, not I, the other way around. I think what JD really meant to say was Marvel events post 2000 pretty much all suck. Post what? Post 2000 or post post civil war, really civil war and, 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 forward because i think the event stories before I didn't like that age of, i didn't like age of apocalypse the <gasps> clone saga the clone saga is a mess you want to talk about something that's hard to read in retrospect age of apocalypse try to get one of those trades and make sense of it at all those are really hard to read in retrospect uh yeah, i don't know man i don't think i've ever really liked a big marvel event definitely since post 2000 secret war i mean not secret war um the Secret Wars when I was when I was a kid. Yeah, Secret Wars. That's it. I'll be honest. I didn't. I was too little. I didn't read that. You know. You never read out, it? So. Uh-oh. No. I never read the original Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Hmm. Like. Yeah. I mean, like maybe DC does do better events. I mean, like they they have their issues too. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. They have a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad ones of those. Like Superboy Prime. I actually like that story, Punch. but it's it's silly. Punching the universe. Watching the walls of reality. The yeah. story surrounding it is actually decent. Um, not my favorite. Fifty two is really good. Fifty two is really good. Think I like it. I like Rebirth better than Fifty Two because of what they did to some of the characters and how they fixed and and they fixed that in the in Rebirth. So Fifty Two no. isn't about like changing the universe. You're 52 thinking, is the, you're, thinking the lost you're thinking the new Fifty Two. He's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm talking He's, about the actual book Fifty Two. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. The reason the reason why they started all this fifty two garbage yeah. was because that weekly series from uh, Wade and uh, Morrison, Johns and Rucka. That's a really good story. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend fifty two. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. 
I don't know. What do you guys think out there? Let us know. Um, Civil War, yay or nay? I say if you've never read it, you should give it a chance. Um, and uh, and then you might have some questions after you read it, and maybe it'll get you go back into a comic book store. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, on that note, we think we uh, need to wrap it up for the week. So, so any recommendations out there, guys? JD? I started watching Lovecraft Country. I had some time last week between books. Uh, I'm three episodes in. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. You, you, you're reading it? No, I'm watching the movie. Are you watching Oh, where, where are you the watching show, The show. We have, yeah, uh, where are you watching we got a new uh, we got a new Roku player and as as bonus for the new Roku player we had seven day free HBO Max. So oh, okay. All I right. think it's wild. It, it ended yesterday, so I'll catch up on it eventually. But the first three episodes were were pretty good. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. I want to see it, but again, it's on HBO and I refuse to pay for that right now. So. I get it. I'll, I get it. We had free preview, so I took advantage of it. Hmm. Well, for me, I'd say uh, Bill and Ted. Um, Bill, uh, Bill and Ted face the music. It is really, it is really worth it, especially if you've seen the first two. If you haven't seen the first two, see the first two. Um, it's probably one of the best trilogies um, out there, and and it's one of the few properties where the sequels are just as good or better than the original. Them are some strong words. Yes. Yeah, I don't say them lightly. All right. Well, I will recommend that everyone go to SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find the podcast every week. And, of course, reviews by our good friend D-Square. And um, I don't really have anything, so I am going to recommend everyone watch uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, because we will be reviewing it on next week's podcast. So. If you don't want to be spoiled, make sure you see it this week. And on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let your cape get caught in the door. Have a good week.